0: Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review and i am anthony and we're glad to be back with you for yet another week of beer and bibbling. Yes we are. What's going on? Man, i'll take so this is going to come out late, but right now we are in the midst of like um, apocalypse snow thing. Mhm. Like all of the state of Texas apparently is completely frozen. Yeah. Um several people like i actually saw a, a a thing that was, uh, had a line in like Florida south, like really, like not the Panhandle, Florida, like the peninsula of Florida is the only thing that is not affected by this polar vortex thing, huh? So it's like 80 in Miami right now, and it's like,
1: I wish it was 80 thir- here. I can't in believe
0: Jacksonville. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Jacksonville deserves
1: it. Jacksonville's a, anyway. <laughs> oh, so we're cold. How about y'all? <laughs> It's not as cold here as it has been. So um, again, this is several weeks later from when we actually went. But last weekend we went over to Memphis, and that oh, was on yeah. the front. That was on the front end of the, all this stuff. When we left Sunday morning, it was fifteen degrees. Ooh, y'all can have that. Oh, we not this kid. <laughs> I came back to forty degrees, and I was like, I'm not wearing my jacket. I'm putting on
0: <laughs> swim trunks. Let's go. In my office at work, I. Have a heater and i turn the heater on like 76 and i've got my jacket on because the office that i'm in is not insulated very well so it just won't warm up <laughs> mm.
1: yeah it, ha- it hasn't been that cold here today it rained a little bit but uh i mean it's been normal normal weather for for this normal. time of year so um but other than that we're good family's good and healthy and work's going so we're that's right picking them up and putting them down as they say
0: <laughs> we we have actually, the cold has actually affected us pretty bad because um, several of the companies that we deal with uh, on a regular basis have been snowed in, and so mm-hmm. we haven't been able to get uh, parts for our sales and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's it's put a hindrance on us, and we've noticed it, you know, like our, our daily sales, when mm-hmm. we kind of track our daily sales, we're like, so uh, we didn't do anything today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How are we gonna pay bills? <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: the I cover the East Coast in my job, and the West Coast guy today. He said he got six emails all day, and he and by West Coast I mean like west of the Mississippi. So, he, yeah. pretty much his whole territory is either covered in <laughs> ice or locked down because of COVID. <laughs> um, so it's all been good. We're yeah. we're going, and hopefully by by the time this comes out,
0: the everything will have melted. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be warm by like this weekend. I think here in Alabama, it's going to be like sixty-five or something. Yeah, we're going to have uh, I think
1: upper forties, low fifties up here where we are. Yeah. So,
0: um, that's all good. No, I'm ready for spring. Yeah, we're ready for spring. I'm ready
1: for spring and summer and a little bit of fall too. So, yes.
0: But anyway, what beer you got for tonight? So yeah, tonight I've got. From a new
1: brewery for for the Beers and Bible podcast, I've got from Innis and Gun Brewing Company, the barrel aged Blood Red Sky. This is a red beer is a, a barrel red beer that was um, aged in rum barrels. Oh, that sounds so, delicious. So, <laughs> um, this company was established in two thousand three. Um, It is a Scottish company, but this was exported from Australia. So I guess they've got different locations or whatever. Um, The uh, 6.8 ABV, it's got – on draft, it's – let me hear. On draft, it's – Nope, it's ABV. Where were the IBUs on this? Or having to use untapped because their website's not great. But (laughs) 6.8 ABV, 30 IBUs. um, And the bottle says that the blood red red sky sets a scene, warm Caribbean sand, flickering candles, cold beer, in anticipation of the night to come. So, hey now. That sounds a little... There you go. (laughs) Sounds a little (laughs) um, risky. Yeah. Risqué. Jamaican rum barrels meets Scottish red beer is what's that on can, the bottle. That so. could be really good. I'm, I'm anticipating something tasty here. It's been in my fridge for two
0: weeks, and I haven't had any.
1: Um, so.
0: so I bought one for last week, and we we missed a week uh, recording, and so I uh, drank those, and I <laughs> had to go get another one today. <laughs> I guess I have more
1: self-discipline or
0: something. So <laughs> Yes, you do. Yes, um, you do, because I drank mine. <laughs> so anyway, what do you have? I have, from the Goat Island Brewing in Coleman, Alabama, uh, this is the Blood Orange Berliner Weiss is what this is, and it comes in. I'm also using Untapped because their website didn't have any have any information. Five a, 5% ABV, 5 IBUs. Um, their description says, This is a gorgeous orange to pink beer. It's refreshing and drinkable. A lush, sweet orange aroma hits you as you take your first drink. Then the well crafted wheat ale backbone shines through. Go ahead and indulge yourself. You deserve it. I think I will. And I think we should crack these things open and, and get to drinking. Let's
1: do it. I haven't had a drink in a couple of days, so I'm ready.
0: Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Mm, that does smell pretty good. Oh, that mine smells good too. So, I will say uh on the Goat Island, I've had a Goat Island beer before, just not this one. Mhm. And I love their slogan. Uh of course, you know, their their mascot is a goat, but on the on all their cans it says, "Life's too short to drink bad beer."
1: Ha. <laughs> Good times. Good one, Goat Island. Best. Good one. They made a funny. <laughs> um mine mine is pretty dark. Um I'm doing something else here. So,
0: uh... this one, this one almost smells like a cider. Ooh, this uh, this could be interesting because it, it's it's got the like a tangy smell, like a cider, but I can also smell the wheat ale, like almost like a blue moon type smell. So this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting, to say the very least. Mine's mine's just smells like a. Sorry, I was trying to do something. Oh, you're trying, you're getting pictures.
1: I was trying to get pictures for Untapped because I'm gonna start getting active <laughs> on that. But um,
0: I don't really. This smells like. It smells like what? Wood. <laughs> oh, wood. <laughs> you cut out for like one second there. Yeah, your video
1: froze too. So I mean, it smells like damp wood a little bit. So if it's been aged, be if it's been aged in barrels, I get it. But
0: yeah, makes sense. Well. There's only one way to find out how good it we'll, is. Yeah, let's uh, let's turn them up. Bottoms up. That is an interesting
1: flavor. Mine is all over the place.
0: <laughs> yeah. My mine. Is, I'll say it this way. It's not surprising. Um, I'm going to go ahead and crack my second one. Tonight, uh, tonight I'm drinking out of my, my handy-dandy uh, Babylon B Bee mug, beer stein, mm-hmm. that is appropriate for uh, grape juice, sparkling cider, root beer coffee, Diet Coke, sweet tea, Chick-fil-A lemonade, Chick-fil-A sauce, and liberal tears. Now, Anthony, who, who got you one? that mug? Michael got me this mug from the <laughs> Babylon Bee website because he is a great friend, one of the best. And uh, and so I have enjoyed this mug uh, repeatedly with beer in it, even though beer is not uh, listed as a adequate I wonder if they would here.
1: approve of beer being in their product like that.
0: They, I have a feeling that they probably would be okay with it. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean... They seem to push the envelope a little bit. If you've listened to their podcast, I would venture to say that they're okay with it. But, well, I'm going to let you you stew on yours a little bit, and I'm going to go because I've got this one pretty pegged down. Um, This, this to me, tastes like a... a Orange juice or orange flavored beer mixed with Blue Moon is is literally what it tastes like. So instead of doing like
1: an orange slice, it's orange beer.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like orange beer, um, but it, but it's definitely got that blood orange flavor in mm-hmm. it, which I I love the blood orange flavor personally. Um, and so this one, it's uniquely good. I don't think it's something that I would I would like randomly drink for fun, like just hanging out and drinking beers. I probably, this would be something special, like, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, if I were, if I, I'd have to have a special craving for it. Um, but this is a good beer. Um, it's not going to be my favorite beer, but I'm going to come in at four Luthers out of five on this thing because the flavor is on point. Um, I like Blue Moon. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good beer to me. I enjoy it. Um, and the, the, it's, it's almost like a blue moon with a twist to me. And so I, I really enjoy the twist. It definitely, the, the blood oranges definitely gives it that, that cider citrusy flavor Mm -hmm. that a typical like blue moon with just an orange slice in it is not going to have, you know, that's more smooth. This has got a, a tang or a pop to it. So. I'm going to come in four out of five Luthers. This is a good beer, Goat Island. I've had two of them now, and uh, and you haven't failed me yet, so I'm going to keep. I'm going to come back to you. You look contemplative. I'm really I'm really struggling with this one. It's
1: (laughs) I was I went back and looked, and it is not, and it might, but it's not. I don't think it's very good. Okay. Um, I don't know what about what there is about it. It's just. Has a really, it's almost like a stale flavor. Yeah. Um, hmm. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. It, I I can't pinpoint what the flavor profile is.
0: I'll say this: there is a um, Kentucky bourbon barrel yep, aged I've had beer that. that is really good. So I would venture to say it's not the barrel aged. Maybe it's just the flavor of the beer. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to. I may see, have to find it to try it. Trying to see here,
1: sand, spicy but- rum, vanilla, and rich fruit. I don't get. I'm. I mean, like this is this is going to be a low score for me. Um. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna go all the way to three Luthers mm. on this, man. That um, is that, that actually is low for you. I mean, it's okay. It's it's beer, you know. Um, I'm just not crazy about anything that's happening right now. Like I haven't yeah. felt this bad about a beer since Calic. Wow, Calic, huh? Yeah. <laughs> And I went back and looked, and, and Calic has been is still the worst beer that we've had, and I gave that one three. I think you initially did, and then you re- then you retconned, gave it yes. gave it a two and a half. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna give this one a three. I'm I don't know if it's I'm not huge on rum. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of rum. I mean, I'll drink it, but I'm more of a whiskey. Or a vodka, something like that. Yeah. Um, tequila, even. Uh, all three together. I do like rum and Coke. All three together after drinking this. Good grief. <laughs> um, th- I mean, it's just, it's got a very woody flavor. Like
0: You did say it smelled like woods. So. Yeah,
1: it smelled like wet, fresh cut wood. And it's, which, and it's almost, could smell good. And it's almost got that taste. And I, that's not something I want in a beer. That's just oh, not yeah, something I true. want. So, I mean, Innocent Gun, it's not you, it's me. no, um, well, it might be you, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but three is still, I mean, it's saving graces. I've only got, my wife had one, and now I've had one. So I've still, it only came in a pack of four. So, so you only got two left. I've only got two left. I'm not gonna have to drink. What would your wife say about it? She said it was okay. Well, she. It was also me and her have very similar. Really, the only thing we disagree on is uh, Blue Moon. She really like she yeah. really likes Blue Moon, and I could take it or leave it. Yeah. But yep. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear that your Goat Island was good because I like I like that, especially after that. Brew free or die I had a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That uh that blood orange ideas I I really do enjoy those. So I
0: have I have grown to like um beer that is infused with some type of citrus flavor. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we did the you gave the watermelon ones, so I think we had two watermelons Mm -hmm. that both got five Luther's. Yeah. There was there was one watermelon we did together that got five Luthers. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we've had a couple of different ones. I know my wife's favorite beer is the strawberry Abita. Mm -hmm. Um, she's like, you know, I don't want anything else except for strawberry Abita. So, you know, but there we go. We, we at least had one good one on, on tonight. It's not good job. Goat Island.
1: And listen, the blood red sky is not terrible. It's just not my favorite. I mean, I still gave it three. I could see where it could be something that somebody likes i just don't particularly like it but it's It's personal choice yeah but it's not a watered down mess so it's not getting (laughs) it's not getting lower than three
0: (laughs) you're definitely better than calic and you're definitely better than about half of most american beers so there you go yep (laughs) well now we're going to keep moving on in our discussion of habakkuk and we're going to do that right after this musical break We, uh, we're still drinking a little bit of beer. Michael might go try to find something else during the, during the, uh, broadcast here. But, uh, but I'm enjoying mine. I've actually poured up my, my whole second one now.
1: It's growing and, on uh, me, but not enough to <laughs> warrant changing the Luther or go back you and, go. and re-record the segment. It's just not that good.
0: <laughs> so tonight we're going to continue on in our discussion, um, on the book of Habakkuk, um, so far, we have gone through a couple of uh, Habakkuk's complaints, a couple of God's responses. And uh, actually, tonight, we're going to kind of hit the second response uh, that God gives to Habakkuk's second complaint. And then the rest of chapter 2 and on into chapter 3 is is one more kind of expounded response from God, where he talks about the woes, and we're going to get into that later. And then chapter 3 kind of sums up Habakkuk's and, uh Take on what God has said to him and 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 you end up with a really a completely different picture of Habakkuk in chapter three than, than what you've gotten in, in chapters one and two. One and two, he kind of seems like this mad child who's upset that he didn't get his way, and then in chapter three, he's like, "Oh yeah, you're right, I'm sorry <laughs> so but we're going to pick up tonight in uh in chapter two. And we're going to go, we're going to tackle all three verses of two through five. I guess that's technically four verses, but. um, Yeah, it's a much shorter section here because. It's a much shorter section, but man, it is packed full of stuff. Yeah. It is just, it is crammed. If you could see our
1: notes, you'd be like, you got that out of four verses?
0: Yes, (laughs) we did. Actually, you know
1: because you know how long this is. So here we go. Mm -hmm.
0: So here we go. This is Habakkuk chapter two, verses two through five. It says, And the Lord answered me. "'Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, "'so that he may run who reads it. "'For the vision awaits its appointed time. "'It hastens to the end, it will not lie. "'If it seems slow, wait for it. "'It will surely come, it will not delay. "'Behold, his soul is puffed up, "'it is not upright within him. "'But the, righteousness, but the righteous shall live by faith. "'Moreover, wine is a traitor,' an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is wide as Sheol. Like death, he never has enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects all his own peoples. I said that backwards. And collects his own all peoples. So this is is God responding, and he's giving Habakkuk a vision. And he he tells Habakkuk right here, he's like, hey, uh, this is my answer. You're going to want to write this down. Yeah. And, and whenever God does that, you know, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be something that you're going to want to, that you're going to want to chew on. And so, um, that was kind of part of the reason we, we slimmed it down to just do a couple of these verses. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is following Habakkuk's second complaint. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, we don't know really how long it's been from his complaint until God says in, in verse two, and the Lord answered me.
1: Yeah. And Habakkuk has put everything on hold here. He has basically stopped doing all the things that he was doing Mm -hmm. to wait on God. Um, And I've got a note in my Bible from, I guess, another time that we maybe had a sermon on this or something. I don't know. But um, that patience pays off and that God is interested in timing um, and that patience is a learned attribute. So... um, you know Habakkuk here. He said, uh, "In verse one of chapter two, um, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the lookout. I will watch and s- I will watch to see what he will say to me." So he's he's willing to wait and say, mm-hmm. "God, whenever your timing is, whenever whenever you're ready, I'm ready." Is what Habakkuk yeah. is basically saying here, um, and it's and it's showing us that when god responds to a prayer it's not based on our timing it's not based on our terms but it's based on yeah. his terms mm-hmm. alone um and, and that's because god
0: isn't constrained to our time frame exactly yeah um you know we we like to think that we are the center of the universe and that you know we are the dictators of of all things you know one of the one of the things out of this kind of this little section is that jumps out is is a not you know what do you do with the problem of I mean, when evil things happen why do they happen and you know one of the things that the it's part of what's called the Epicurean trilemma mm-hmm. if God is all good why you know why do bad things happen that kind of you know people think well if God is is just then why doesn't he why doesn't he pay retribution immediately and the the simple yet answer that we don't want to hear is that because it's god's justice it's not our justice yeah it's got nothing it's got
1: nothing to do with what we think we deserve or what we think other people deserve exactly god has deemed us worthy of deserving
0: yeah and and if you've ever i mean how many times could you say man i'm glad i didn't do that here but i waited until here because because of something but if you would have jumped ahead and done it there you know is things change when Mm -hmm. you wait yeah And, and so sometimes things change for the worse, but in God's timing, it's always perfect. And so a lot of times what we see is that we give up on God's answer to our problems because of our impatience. Yeah. You know, how many times do we, do we get ahead of God and say, well, well, I know God's called me to do this X, Y, and Z. So I'm just going to go start doing it. but. Really, it was yes. God had called us to do that, or God had said, you know, He's put a passion in our hearts to do this, whatever this X Y Z is. But you've got to learn some things. You've got to prepare. You've got to le- study. You've got to do certain things before you can get to doing X Y Z.
1: Yeah, we oftentimes, and I think it's because of this the um, instant gratification uh-huh. society that we that we that we're in right now um, that when we feel this strong calling from God about whatever it may be. We are Johnny on the spot, jumping headfirst into it. We give it our all without really planning, without really preparing, without understanding exactly what it means to jump all in into what God has called us to do. And Mm -hmm. something that I heard a long time ago is that God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. Mm -hmm. When he calls you to do something, he's going to equip you to do it. Now, the stat, the um, not status, but the nature of that equipping is sort of up to you and how you handle your calling. If you say, Mm -hmm. okay, God, I will do all the studying or I will do all the preparation or I will do all the fundraising or whatever it is, then God's going to continually equip you. But if you jump all in, Without a full understanding of it, God's going to use those moments where you're down to nothing and humble you, and then yeah. and then you're you're at a point where, <laughs> man, if I had just if I had done what I'm doing now from the beginning, I'd be so much further along in my ministry or in yeah. my calling. So
0: yeah, yeah, and, and you know we we you've heard the phrase "hurry up and wait." Uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of an oxymoron, but how many times do we do that with God? We hurry up and then we have to, we have to wait Mm -hmm. so that, so that God's timing can, can see itself out. And, and a lot of times that causes frustration Mm -hmm. and the, and the hurrying up is not something that God told us to do. It's because it's it's
1: because we're, we get impatient and we're ready, we're ready to go and we feel ready to go or and then God's like no you're not ready you've got some things you got to figure out first
0: yeah yeah i love what isaiah 30:18 says mm-hmm. here in this and on this you know this uh, this idea of justice specifically and repaying evil it says the lord is a just god all who wait patiently for him are happy and and you know it's especially in today's society we want this immediate retributive justice that we think is is just and we think is fair, but we're not looking at the grand scope uh and the the ultimate timeline of of the earth and seeing it from beginning to end like god does mm-hmm. and and looking at justice that way. we're looking at our minuscule finite version of what we think justice is, and we we have the audacity to say that our justice is somehow better than God's justice, right, you know. Uh, it just it it doesn 't make any sense to me but but i mean i 'm guilty of the same thing, so you know my a lot of times my sin doesn 't make sense to me right uh, and so you you repent, you confess and and you kind of keep moving on, which is what we 're going to see Habakkuk do, but nonetheless, however long this break this time was in between Habakkuk 's complaint and and god 's answer, um, verse two kicks us right into it and and it says, the Lord answered Habakkuk now. Um, there's something interesting that I, I do want to point out here in case you've never heard this. If you ever see the word LORD in all caps in your Bible, now it'll it'll say you'll have lowercase LORD, you'll have capital LORD, and then you'll have all caps LORD. That is three different words in Hebrew. So all caps LORD is the word Yahweh, which is what we know. That's the name that God gave himself to Moses when when they were on Mount Sinai. He says, <laughs> I am that I am. That's Or or no, I'm sorry, that's not Mount Sinai. It's the burning bush. Uh, He says, who should I say that sent me? I am that I am sent you. Okay, Yahweh is the word that he used there. It's the first time you use that word. It is the divine name of God. Now, another word that is used for God, and this is when you see capital L, uh, lowercase O-R-D, that's the word Elohim, and it can mean Lord or it can mean God. It can refer to pagan gods um, a lot of sometimes. And so... It's just a ge- kind of like a generic deity type mm-hmm. name. Is the word Elohim in in here in this in this verse H- Habakkuk chapter two? L O R D all caps. So this is Yahweh speaking directly to Habakkuk. Yeah, that's why this is important. You know, if you go through the Psalms, you'll see you know verses like Psalm one ten, uh, and the Lord said to my Lord, and it's it's this word Elohim. Um, and so it's, I, I want to make that clarification because when you see that, especially in the Old Testament, it should stand out to you and know, okay, all caps, this is God. This is the God specifically saying something and, and all scriptures God breathed. But when you see thus says the Lord, and it's, it's in all caps, you better be ready to pay attention to that because what's about to come is going to be truth. And you need, mm-hmm. you need to learn how to, to adjust your life to it. So. With right, that, real quick uh real real quick you mentioned three yeah. different lords what's the third the
1: all lowercase lord is the, that just the like it's still Elohim.
0: okay i there i i think there's another word but i can't remember it at this time um but i do know lowercase lord capital lord and all caps lord is a is is three different it's three different meanings for sure um i'm trying to remember i it's been so long since i've done that and i know the two main ones but Forgive me. I have forgotten the third one. Okay. Well, well. (laughs) I could probably look it up. So,
1: so, so thus says the Lord in all caps, um, Mm -hmm. write down the vision. My version says, write down this vision, clearly inscribe it, inscribe it on tablets. So one may easily read it. So God is telling Habakkuk to write down what he's saying
0: and then Mm -hmm. to make it
1: legible. And thinking back through all the times I've read through, like read scripture, I don't recall God ever saying, in any other any other place. I could be wrong, but I don't recall reading God saying, "I'm talking to you." Clearly, read it so other people can know what I'm saying. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. But
0: yeah, anytime you see something like "Thus says the Lord," it's a it's a very similar command. Um the The closest parallel that I could say that I could give to something like this though is going to be uh the Ten Commandments where God actually writes on tablets himself um, the finger of God actually comes down and writes on tablets himself and so um you know that but but really i mean really and truly in in any of the prophet books of the Old Testament anytime you see thus says the lord it's it's just about tantamount to what what Habakkuk is experiencing here, um, but it's a, it, it it's much more it's much this, more
1: direct here though.
0: It's very yeah. It's well, and this is this is one of the few that I can. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. This is one of the few where it's you write this down so that people who read it. They, it's very few that you're right there where it's you know the people who read this after they're going to be spurred into action because of the verses that happen mm, right here. Okay. And then and then now we're going to tie this to the New Testament because this these three verses become pivotal in the New Testament. And really and truly these three verses are pivotal on one of the main um foundational doctrines of the Reformation. We're going to get to that here in just a minute too. So, mm-hmm. yes, that is very important that God says write this down so that people who read this in in the future are going to know and they can it's interesting cuz your verse your version what are you reading the hcsb yeah hcsb yeah so read read verse the second half of verse 2 um write down this vision clearly inscribe it on
1: tablets so one may easily read it
0: yeah so mine says make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it and then
1: i and then i have a concordance and so the reference down at the bottom says literally one who reads in it may run
0: yeah so, an an interesting thing here talking about the importance of of writing the the word of God down and then the one who runs or those, so he may run who reads it. Uh, uh another translation uh the NIV says so that the herald may run with it. Now, a herald is an interesting interesting word word choice there because mm-hmm. a herald is somebody who when you think about, I mean, I always think about like the Victorian times where they're you know hear ye hear ye, yeah, and and it's somebody coming with news from a king or from somebody of importance, and so if you if you kind of work that and, and I, I don't put that into the interpretation of it, but but let that filter into how you read this because the whole point that he's saying write this down so that you can proclaim this. This is me telling you directly so that you can proclaim this to the people who are around you. And that's what prophets did in that day. And so you have Habakkuk getting this word, receiving this word, writing down this word so that he can tell the nation of Israel and and he can spread the, the news of the gospel. Now, parallel that to what we're called to do as Christians. Tie it to the Great Commission. You know, go into all the world preaching, teaching, discipling, you know, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the whole point. That's the that's the point of the gospel. That's the point of scripture. That's it all points to Christ and we're supposed to be heralds of Christ. The same way that Habakkuk is a herald here of this message from God. So, um God's message is to be clearly recorded, preserved and proclaimed to all people. It's kind of this this take home of this second verse um because if if all we do is Hoard the word of God to ourselves. We're not changing the world. We're not being salt and light. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. So now let's move on to verse three. All, all, the, right? all that to get through verse two. <laughs> all all of that, and we're only done with verse two. Okay. So now we get into verse three, and and the funny thing is, verse four is the the heavy one. Um. So Habakkuk, Habakkuk here, he's told to write it down so that people can read it and then we go to the vision the vision is going to come in its appointed time now talk about what it means there when it says it awaits its appointed time what what does that mean for us as christians what did that mean for habakkuk you know how are we supposed to to think about something coming in its appointed time so a lot of times we
1: we go to god and ask for X, Y, and Z, and we expect an answer. We expect an answer pretty quickly. We expect you know either an audible answer or to see transformation or to see something change or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes God, sometimes that happens. Sometimes God will pretty quickly answer you. Um, yeah. Usually not. Um, I, I don't. I can't speak for everyone, but <laughs> usually not for me. Um, sometimes God will begin to answer you. And you'll get, you know, you get that like anticipation of, you know, this is the answer to a prayer. And then God will prolong it, prolong the completion of your ans- completion of the answer until he- until he's ready to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, when Habakkuk is told that the vision awaits its appointed time. There is a chance that he could be waiting some more. And he's already waited. He's already yeah. put his entire life on hold and said, "Whatever whenever God is ready to move, I'm going to wait for that." And God is telling him, "Well, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you might have to wait some more." Um and, and it's, you know, a good reminder for us that we cannot try to ever rush Whatever God is trying to do, we don't understand. We don't understand what he's doing. We don't understand um, his timing. We don't we'll never understand that. Um, All we have to all we can do is trust that God knows what's best for us and trust that if he has us waiting for something. Then he has us waiting for it for a reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason that Paul wrote in Romans eight that, you know, all things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we tend to think, you know, all things well, all things doesn't really include my situation here. And We, we think know, we I, have
1: clout with God because we've mm-hmm. done we've been Christians for yeah. however long and think that, yeah. oh, God'll answer me quicker because of what that thing that happened that one time.
0: Yeah. And and in some aspects we have embraced a mindset of the prosperity gospel that says the more faith I have, the more I do this, the more I work, the more I accomplish, the more God's going to answer me. Mm-hmm. And it's and and our God's answer is um somehow affected by how faithful we are. Yeah. And and that that is even if you try to shell it in something like this, at its core, it still reeks of something like the prosperity gospel. Yeah. And so it's something for all of us to be on guard for.
1: Yeah, God's faithfulness has nothing to do with our faithfulness.
0: No, there, there's,
1: not at there's all. There's nothing we could do that could make answer us quicker or answer us more frequently or or whatever. Um, yeah, in fact, if it were up to, if it was based on our merit alone, God would never answer us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that thinking that just because I've served in church for so long or given money or gone on a bunch of mission trips or or mm-hmm. or witnessed to people out in the streets or whatever it is, that means God's, you know. You should be doing those things because of your love for Jesus. You should not be doing those things in exchange for. Favors from God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have this, it's going to come in its appointed time, and then following this appointed time, you have two promises mm-hmm. that are that are there in the passage. The first one is it will not lie, and the second one is it will not delay. Yeah. Now these these are interesting because, you know, one of the one of the core attributes, the core characteristics that we believe about God is that He is immutable. And immutable simply means you're you're not changing. Mm-hmm. M- immutable comes from the word mutate, uh, which means to change, and if something is immutable, then it will not change. Uh, and so time and time again we see that God says, you know, I'm immutable, I'm unchangeable. Look at Titus one two, look at Hebrews six eighteen, look at Malachi three, six, look at James one seventeen. That's that's a few verses right there to to just point to how God says, I will not change. And when He says that, that means the things that He promised will come to pass and they will not return void. Mm-hmm. And and if anything else, that promise alone, that promise just by itself, should be enough for us as believers to say, you know what? It's not going to return void. It's not going to change. It's not going to be something <coughs> different than what it might be different than what I think it should be. Mm-hmm but it's not going to be different from what God says it should be. And and we need to understand and I need to understand the difference between what we think it should be and what God says it should be. Yeah. And and so um we know that God will not lie. We know that God is a God of of his promises and whatever he says will come to pass. We don't have to make it come to pass. We don't have to encourage it to come to pass. We don't have to do things Nothing in us. All we have to do is recognize when and where God is working and follow along. Yeah. That's what we have to do.
1: Yeah. Those are all things we know in our mind and we may believe in our hearts, but it's really hard to live life
0: that way. Oh, it's very hard because you have a world Mm -hmm. that is constantly pushing you uh, to— generate answers or to you know to give a reason for this and that and well even even justify something
1: even then you know we have
0: you know we talk about
1: god being immutable and he doesn't change and what he says well what he promises to come to pass will come to pass mm-hmm. we have people who can't decide how they stand on certain issues one day to the next yeah And then these are like <laughs> these are important people in our culture in our society that they're changing their minds all the time, um, and we see that on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and the news yeah. and everything. And um, I think we just—I think we've become conditioned to that idea that if everything around me is changeable, I—I I know that God isn't changeable. I know mm-hmm. that what He, when He says something, He's not going to budge on it but I'm still going to fight him on it because maybe there's a shot. Maybe there's a chance. And honestly, if there was a chance, then would you want to worship that God anyway?
0: Yeah. If you, I mean, if, if God gives into the, the whims of mankind, his creation, you know, is that a God that is worthy of worship at that point? Yeah. I mean, it's really
1: kind of like a silly way to think of it, but like it becomes the puppet playing in the master
0: yeah I mean, it's a genie in the bottle is what it becomes. that yeah. reduces God to a genie in the bottle yeah and and uh, and to be honest, that's what we want to make of God. We want God to be a genie in the bottle because then he is the most all-powerful being in the universe at our service mm-hmm. you know when he's a genie in the bottle. Um, so we know that, that it will come to pass it, it will not lie and then it will not delay. and this is the hard part. I mean, this, this is the action of it right here that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's easy to believe that it will not lie, it, that it will come to pass. It's easy to say with your mouth that it will come to pass. But it's hard to act on those words. Yeah. And so something that we, that we just, I mean, it's, it's, and this is where we're going to push it into four. This is where faith comes in. Yeah. Faith is that action. Faith is living a life, a righteous life by faith is where you say, no, it will come. It is going to happen. Yeah. God said it was going to happen. It is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It may not happen when I want it to. It may not happen when you want it to, but it will happen when God wants it to. And because of it will happen when God wants it to, it will not delay. Yeah. Even though it doesn't fit our timetable, God's perfect justice will always prevail, and patience will be that virtue. Mm-hmm that we need to 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 sustain us through the 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 coming of God's justice.
1: Yeah. I mean I think too like you know it we we talk about timing there but I also think we need to talk about in Habakkuk it doesn't really touch it here but it may not happen how we want it to either. Yeah, we, we might it might, you know, there might be something you're really praying for like I don't know, for example, shoot, <laughs> I don't want to go morbid, but like, if you have a, if you have a very close friend who's got cancer mm-hmm. and you're praying for the cancer to, you know, be out of their body and you're praying for healing, praying for, praying for that and God calls them home, if they're a believer and God calls them home. They're healed. Like, yeah, they're healed. Like, you may not have been praying; that may not have been your specific prayer that you were hoping that God would heal them and leave them. But God had other ideas, and God has—God always has other ideas than what we think
0: yeah. we should be getting. So, yeah. Um. And and how many times do you hear stories about people who maybe came to to trust and faith in Christ? because of the life that somebody lived and it wasn't until after their death that they they had that that you know experience that i don't want to say it like that it's not an experience but that that reckoning with god Mm -hmm. where where faith took over yeah and they said you know what i I can't do this i have to submit my life to you yeah um you know it's 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 for every dark cloud there is a silver lining you know, and and that looking for those silver linings a lot of times is what will encourage our faith um, to to grow and encourage us to to be more more faithful people. So as we as we come into verse four, which is which is the hinge verse, really of all of of Habakkuk, and and what we're going to see here in just a little bit is is it's the hinge verse, really of the. The majority of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a short verse. It is a power-packed theological verse, and and I'm just going to read it one more time. Verse four says, "Behold, his soul is puffed up; it is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by faith." And what this what this does is this verse sets up a comparison and a contrast. You have the first half of the verse is the unrighteous and then the second half of the verse is the righteous. And you can see in the first half of the verse the the unrighteous person is somebody whose soul is puffed up and is not upright within them. That may not be easy to see inside of inside of each person, but rest assured God's justice will see that. Mm-hmm. It's not our job to see people's souls; it's our job to see our soul and make sure that we are the ones who are living by faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because that's that's, I mean, the, the theological implications of the second half of this verse are massive. And they 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 really can't be emphasized enough, and it, it so much so that. In the New Testament, there there are three specific references to specifically to you know this this one verse in the Old Testament, um, and so you know let let's talk about this phrase here for a second though. Let's talk about what it means for the righteous shall live by faith. Um, this phrase is placed in the middle of a description that is that is about Babylon. The very first part of verse four, and then all of verse five, is a description of Babylon. And so, you know, think about it this way. If, if you, in the words, the, this, the righteous shall live by faith is sandwiched between paganism. Right. What are we in this world but sojourners? You know, this world is not our home. Right. It's almost like the second half of verse 4 doesn't belong right here, but it should be in another verse. There should be like a verse 6. And verse 4 and 5 is the, is the pagans, and then you talk about verse 6, and you start getting into faith. But that's not what he does here. It's just this one simple the righteous shall live by faith in the middle of all of this description of the Babylonians that are mm-hmm. that are the evil that is surrounding Israel right now and Judah right,
1: right now. Right, right, right.
0: So we have this phrase that is that is kind of almost irony right here. What else do we have in this in this description and in this these two verses kind of pushed together in four and five? you were talking
1: about how the middle of that verse is it or the righteous one will live by faith is in the middle of this description of paganism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we talked about how, I guess it was two weeks ago, we talked about Babylonians being, um, this haughty, proud, very strategic, mm-hmm. um, army. And as Christians, we're surrounded by, Pride and haughtiness and arrogance, and all this stuff that the world throws at us. Um, but time and time again, it calls us to live by faith. Um, yeah. Called to be in the world, but not of the world. You know, we, we've mm-hmm. talked about that a lot here. And it's a good reminder that, you know, the Bible says that it's, you know, it's supposed to be like a mirror. Verses four and five of Habakkuk 2 should be a mirror for every believer yeah so um you know look the ego of those around you is inflated um, it's without integrity the righteous one will live by his faith hmm and then it goes into the description of of the rest uh, in verse 5 and so you know we you and I experience that probably every day yeah whether <laughs> at work or um, in in, in- the interactions that we have, and it's a it, it seems seems to be the theme of Habakkuk is gut check time. But yeah. like, how am I as a believer living by faith? Am I living by faith, am I, or am I trying to live in my own strength? Am I no better than the Babylonians? Yeah. Um, trying to do this thing because I think I'm big and bad. When in reality, I'm not. Like even even if I was big and bad, I'm I'm not that big and bad
0: right so right you know it's it's interesting um in our culture today we have become a culture of reaction uh we have become a society of reaction everything has to be do you agree or do you disagree and do you agree lock stock and barrel or do you disagree lock stock and barrel there is there everything has become mutually exclusive there has become no room for this middle ground. Yeah. And and I you know, honestly I see it as, as a bad thing because where some people think they're becoming more convictional and more, you know, fundamental, I guess is is a okay word to use there. Really and truly what we're doing is we're becoming more and more hypocritical because we're not being consistent in, in our worldview. And this is This is why I always argue that the Christian worldview, the biblical Christian worldview is the most important worldview because it's the most consistent worldview. You know, um, liberals accuse conservatives of not being uh, fully pro-life because they don't support immigrants and they don't support this and that. and, And these other things that liberals see as important to life. Now, The question becomes, is that important to life? Yes, it's important to care for immigrants. It's important to care for all of these things. Uh, And maybe I'm not going to fall in line with where the Republican ticket falls in line with that. Um, But I'm also not going to fall in line where the liberal ticket falls in in line with that. Because I think there is a way to be consistently pro-life, yet also do things like maintain borders. Um, I think there is a way. I, I think that America has has focused on so much unnecessary bullcrap. That's I'm I'm gonna wow, PG that, this that down. That is very PG for you, man. <laughs> uh, th- uh, they have focused on all this unnecessary junk that has polarized everybody to the point where if you don't agree exactly with me, then you're my enemy. Yeah. And if you're my enemy, then I can't I can't do anything with you or for you. Yeah. I think
1: of like every any time and we've talked about this before, I think, but any time there's someone has moderate success, their tweets get dug up from yeah. eight, ten, twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Where they were seventeen and they said something stupid it's like, oh look. Well, if they said it, then they've obviously they obviously believe exactly the same as they did when they were eighteen years old. Yeah, yeah. and so you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, he used the n word in a tweet, or he, you know, whatever. And, and you know, people get labeled as racist, particularly, and it's not. I mean. You're seventeen, you do stupid stuff. That's part of yeah. being seventeen.
0: Well by the time and, you're
1: by the time you're thirty,
0: you've hopefully matured to the point where you're not doing <laughs> stupid stuff. You're not doing <laughs> stupid stuff like that. And and you know, one of the most frustrating things for for a lot of people is the unfair application of cancel culture. You know, when hold on now. <laughs> when uh Barack Obama changed his mind on uh, gay marriage. 2008, he was against it. 2012, he was for it. Okay, well, that was the evolution of Barack Obama. hmm You know, it, they nobody dug up tweets of Barack Obama when he didn't support gay marriage or he didn't sign bills that were favorable to gay marriage. Right. You know, but let, what you know, I, I'm trying to, I, I don't even, there's, there I can't get an example off the top of my head, but let let a conservative say something Ted Cruz. Let Ted Cruz fly to Cuba. Or no, he didn't go to Cuba. Where did he go? Cancun. You know, and and one guy tweets about it, and now all of a sudden it's cancel Ted Cruz time. You know, do I think flying to Cancun was a smart idea in the middle of a frozen state? Eh probably not. But here's the thing. He probably didn't get that plane ticket on Sunday. He probably got it before then. Right. And, you know, uh, more than likely, this has been in the, in the works for more than a week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, here's the thing. If, if you've paid for a plane ticket, are you going to go on that trip? Yeah, you're probably going to go on that hey, trip. <laughs> my whole
1: thing with that, in short rabbit trail for a moment, if you're going to cancel people, you need to be consistent. Exactly. If you're going to cancel people for being hypocritical, you need to be consistent regardless of how they believe or how they yes. stand or or what it, side of the aisle they're on.
0: Cancel culture has not been it is not cancel culture anymore. It is cancel the people I don't like. Yeah. Period. And honestly, we I mean, cancel
1: culture is kind of dumb.
0: Oh, it's absolutely dumb. Part part of part of
1: part of the greatness of our country is the ability to have Thoughts that are different than my neighbors. Yes. And and, and still and, enjoy. Yeah. And still being able to talk to my neighbors or uh, not have to worry about getting labeled as something that is going to make it hard for me to interact with other people. So yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm going to turn this and I'm going to bring it all the way back to where we are. That was a rabbit trail. Now I'm going to turn this and bring it back. Christian, what it means to live by faith is to not give in to things like cancel culture. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you have to cancel that person. You know, there is a way that we can show ourselves to speak truth, but speak it in love. Right. There's a way that we can live by faith. Hello, Habakkuk. And and we can honor God and still stand for truth and not be exactly like the people that we despise so much right or you know we despise their political opinions so you know it's it has it's one of these things and and we're gonna i'm just gonna fly down this this last little section here because it's important uh, uh, but i won't i want to leave you guys with something that you can kind of go dig into yourself go dig into the passages of romans 117 specifically look at 16 through 32 okay, um, the this, this second half of Romans chapter 1, because Paul's going to make an argument there that, and he's going to directly reference Habakkuk chapter 2. Um, that, argument, that argument that Paul makes there is what happens when you don't honor God, when you don't live by faith. And, and uh, that was a fundamental passage in what Martin Luther used to develop the doctrine of justification by faith alone, which is one of the rallying cries of the Reformation. So go study that passage. Go study the book of Galatians, specifically chapter 3. Um, Paul, throughout all of Galatians, is making an argument of the law is good, but the law will not save you. The law is good. The law will not save you. Faith is what saves you. The righteous live by faith. Look at, look at chapter 3 on that one. And then, and then the last one is Hebrews chapter 10. And I and I'm saving I save this one and I put it in here because it it ties into exactly the way that you sh- that we can close this out because in Hebrews chapter ten specifically verses thirty seven and thirty eight you have this culminating argument that Paul not Paul if he, unless you believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews I don't know if he did or not the author of Hebrews uh, is making from from chapter seven through chapter ten and at the end of chapter ten he he's basically saying you're going to have to live by faith. It's the longest quote. He quotes almost all of verses three and four right here um, in chapters in in 10, verse 37 and 38. And he says, Hey, the righteous are going to live by faith. Even though the world is surrounded by greed and paganism. And even though the world is not living by faith, that does not excuse you from not living by faith. The righteous are going to live by faith. And then that, flows into hebrews chapter 11 which is possibly the most famous chapter on what it means to live by faith uh you know hebrews 11 one, faith is the substance of things hoped for the i forgot it i just forgot hebrews evidence <laughs> of things not I, seen evidence of things not seen that's what it is i was like the hope of things uh the the confidence of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and so that leads into what it means to live by faith you know, study your Bible, learn what it means, what the Christian life looks like, learn what the Christian worldview should be, and then live that out systematically on a daily basis. Yeah. Because that's, that's going to be representing Hebrew uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, the righteous shall live by faith, even when the, the, the world around you is chaos, which I think mean, we can all agree is right now the righteous will live by faith. Mm. And so I want that to be an encouragement to you. You know, this is Michael and myself. We don't have this figured out. You know, this is this is something that we struggle with on a daily basis. So don't think that we're preaching this uh, and and saying that we've got this figured out and we know how to live by faith. Man, we struggle just as much as as anybody else does. And so but it is a constant. and, And when you read Hebrews chapter 11, you see people like David David had a dude killed, slept with his wife, had a baby. I mean, dude wrecked it as far as we, I mean, he would definitely be canceled if if today, Mm -hmm. if he was today, you know, but yet he is put up as an example of faith. Uh, Abraham gave his wife to a king because he was like, tell them you're my sister so that they won't kill you, you know, but yet Abraham is put up as an example of faith. And so, we can see these people that are put up, but we can also see that these people had massive failures in their life. So just because you've messed up doesn't mean that, you're, that your life is over or you're ruined or God's not going to use you. No. Let God use your mistakes. Turn that into faith. Let the mistakes become faith so that you can be used by God however God sees fit to use you. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Any more thoughts?
1: No. Um, the only thing I would say is any time that we suggest some further studying on your own. We strongly encourage you to do it. I mean, I mean for not, not because we're like y'all need to do what we tell you to do, but, um, just for a deeper understanding of scripture and to learn something new or, or, you know, find something that you've from a different perspective. Um, yeah, we hope that we offer some different perspectives on things and, um, in case you're wanting to get a head start on next week, we're going to be in the rest of Chapter Two of Habakkuk from yep. here. So um, we'll try to finish two next week. Yeah, so, which it should be pretty easy. Yeah, so that's the goal for next week. And um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And we'd love to hear from you on our various social media accounts, which can be found
0: where at where Anthony beers and bible underscore on instagram and beers and bible p1 on twitter email is beers and bible podcast at gmail.com and on the facebook we are just search beers and bible podcast and look for our logo i like seeing which, the, i like seeing the slight panic in your face when i throw
1: that <laughs> to you instead
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was back when i was like hang on crap <laughs> Crap! Now it's like, dang it! I said crap like five times. Crap! <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so this is this is going to be the PG-rated beers and Bible podcast, but uh, but so don't let your kids listen. But <laughs> uh, man, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this this discussion on what it means to live by faith. Uh, it has definitely been encouraging for us. Um, and go try a blood orange Berliner or Weiss by Goat island maybe not try the one that patrick had dude i just called you patrick that's like the first time that's happened you should throw in a sound effect for that
1: i might
0: might do that right there so go try the one that michael had if you want to try it uh he didn't particularly care for it but you You may
1: you may like a rum barrel aged red beer i i wasn't a fan honestly but um, there you go but until next week enjoy your beer get into the get into the bible and we'll uh catch you later peace out